are we the Suicide Squad of video games journalism? Okay. Mm-hmm. Speak on that. Because as soon as you said that very evocative phrase, and I think there's enough old men in here, <laughs> I started forming one in my head, and none of us made the list, fellas. <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, like, I like think myself as a stinker on the outskirts, on the beyond the beyond the border of what is acceptable in video games journalism, as evidenced by the fact that I effectively left it uh, six years ago. What, but what's your alias? My alias? Yeah. Weirdly, Captain Boomerang. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, but that's just because, like, you know how I used to be. I was like reviews editor at Joystick for like a minute, and like if I didn't like a game, I'd throw a big boomerang at it. Yeah. Show a video uh-huh. of me hitting it with a boomerang, make it shatter. Um, that's that's where that that's where that came from. Obviously, King Shark, Russ. Yep. <laughs> that's what they call me. Justin is just Doctor Coca Cola, right? Oh wow! Can no? Why not? Yeah, I think that's Doctor Coca Cola. It's in there. Um, I mean, my the most subversive thing I ever did was pop amoebas into my into my gob uh, for a long time. Um, uh, a, a facet of my history that my children are I now think, becoming aware of. I think that means we have Doctor Coca Cola and Professor Vore. Okay, I'd okay, rather have any other listen. name. Yeah. Hey guys, re- please remember after this call to have a legitimate conversation about who this is because it is going to be a real treat. Got to shut these mics down, but boy, howdy, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Well, and these mics are ice cold. Yeah, we ice will cold. T- we'll unpack this. <laughs> uh, do we have one for fresh? Who's fresh? Fresh stick is. I mean, he's. I don't know the. Fresh I mean, they both love egg steam. Who's both? Mm. You know what I mean? Captain Make Me Barf. Russ, Russ and, and, Russ and I mean, Harley Russ Quinn. Russ is just the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have do you have the, the build, the Joker yeah. build. You do. Yeah. And, and it's really just w- one more uh, dig at me, and that might be enough for me to send me off the edge. And you, make, <laughs> you, make, you make me laugh. Yeah. You make yeah. me laugh all the time, Russ, like the Joker does. Yeah, but, but are they <laughs> laughing at me or with me? Damn, dude! Wow. You sound like the Joker right now, bud. We live in a society, bro. I would paint your face on a van, <laughs> Chris. You can be the Joker too if you want. <laughs> cool, thanks. I appreciate that, other Joker. That's a real generous status. <laughs> Joker, two Jokers, two. two Jokers, and Professor Coca Cola, and me. <laughs> and I'm still workshopping my mouth man, mouth like man, professor. mouth man, matter eater lad. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy. I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know I know the game we're talking about this My week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I actually do know the best game of the week. My name is Ross Frustrating, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we discuss the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's a club, and just by listening to more than 30 seconds of a single episode, you have become a member. This week, we're discussing... Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Uh, Chris Plant, what's up? 
Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is the much-anticipated, uh, awaited video game follow-up to the Batman Arkham trilogy by Rocksteady Games. They took a, a quite a long time to get this uh, get this one out into the world, but it is finally here. You get to play as all four members of this version of the Justice League. Unfortunately, it Suicide has Squad. little. Oh no! Justice League Kill the Suicide Squad is the sequel that's coming. It, is that the good one? We're is that when the game stoked works? Yeah. for that one. Um, it, 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 it's it's a it's kind of a messy uh, a moose. It's just a mess. Let's get let's get into it. I can't talk yeah. about it. Yeah, let's make yeah quick break. This episode of the Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. There was a cognitive dissonance I had when Mm -hmm. the reactions to this game started coming in. And I just couldn't make my brain except like I couldn't understand how it could be that bad. You know what I mean? Like even watching it and hearing people talk about it, I couldn't quite believe it. Like I had to still play it. And yeah, it's funny because it Russ, I feel like you were in a similar position. It wasn't like that with Starfield. So we remember when Starfield came out, we all played it before it came out and we dropped our impressions and it didn't match up at all, seemingly, with a lot of what the reviews were saying. Yeah. This is not that. This, this is, not is not that, that. dissonance. This is, um, I think it was just like pure fascination. Like I knew, having seen gameplay, going into it, I was like, this doesn't look very appealing, but they've been working on this game for nine years or whatever it is. And so I'm like, from an academic standpoint, I need to know what the end result was. And it should be worth noted. Two of us on this podcast did not have that same urge. <laughs> yeah. Did not want to suffer through no. the No uh, dog. No. Yeah, I don't I'm not interested in what they have to say because I earned this and Russ earned this and they didn't. And this is our time, darn it. That's right. It's so our time now. What is what what is this game, Russ? You're great at describing games. Okay. Um, so it is a open world third person shooter. The closest analog being 
crackdown, crackdown. but without the um, fun. Fun. <laughs> How dare you? No, well, so the, the differentiator here is that unlike Crackdown, where you're playing as one character that you're constantly like advancing, here you can play as four pretty distinct characters, uh, you know, King Shark and Harley Quinn and the gang. Um, Visually and, distinct. One of them's a shark, like for fucking, one's a clown, one's a shark. Like, yes, they look really Very distinct. Different. And they actually do play pretty distinctly different. as well. They move very differently. Yes. Um, and Harley so Quinn, for example, has a swing mechanic. Right. Uh, Captain Boomerang, for reasons that are part of the story, gets the ability to like teleport. Uh, Deadshot has a jetpack, and we're forgetting King Shark just jumps. Really he good. jumps really high, and, and they and, each control differently too in a in a fun choice. Yeah, so I mean that's kind of the loop is like you'll you'll do these missions in the open world in this case Metropolis playing as one of these four characters it obviously supports multiplayer for up to four people so you could do this in all in multiplayer for what it's worth I didn't I just played in solo which actually I think might have been better um, as a way to experience it um, because there are also like cutscenes and like story that kind of ties these various missions together featuring. Uh, a bunch of brainwashed Justice League characters like uh, The Flash and Batman and various other known Justice League characters who appear in it. I mean, you are leaving out a pretty significant part of this, which is that it has the trappings and structure also of a of a games of service game. It, it does. Um, That's true. There is like a looter shooter element to this. Where I, I think that the nearest, I mean, the most obvious and nearest sort of um, like... Uh, comparison I I would make is to the Avengers uh, game that came out uh, what a few years ago now uh, from who did that Crystal Dynamics yeah, yeah Crystal Rare. Dynamics uh, I would that, agree that was much better but that was a much better game that game was all right that game had some neat stuff going on yeah um, I think here um, for what it's worth the live service stuff exists insofar as you're finding loot and I know after launch there's gonna like they'll be dropping like the Joker will be playable and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but mostly as you're going through the story, it seems like a lot of that stuff has like not as much of an impact on the actual gameplay, which is a weird thing. You kind of well, there's like, a question of how much did they remove after? Yes. Backlash. After it was panned. Yeah. When they started to reveal uh, the game. Yeah. From what I understand, there is like end game loops in the style of a, uh, games is games of service game right um i did not get nearly that far but uh yeah it, it really does seem like i mean it seems like many pivots that were I, taken with this one i i want to i feel like there are many many problems with this game but it is sort of a house of cards because i want to know very... justin specifically to you when was the first time you're like oh that's a problem oh i mean it isn't what I was going to say, but instantly. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 okay. There, we talked about the four different mobility options, right? If you are dead shot, you have a jetpack. Your jetpack goes forward with R1, it goes fast with R1, right? Uh, and just point and shoot. Uh, you can press L1 to do like an afterburner move that cools it off and gets you some more boost. While you're boosting with R1, you can press X to do like a boosted super fast thing. And then you can also press L1 to do like a midair dash. And also your X button jumps and can do a double jump. 
okay? That's getting around, right? Each character that you play has a completely different set of those moves. And this is the tutorial of the game yeah. is rather than slowly introduce you to these, they make you learn and just like barely start to maybe get the hang of one of the mobility sets and then instantly switches you to a different character and makes you go through the other paces and almost kind of learn, but it's even harder to learn uh, because you are still trying to remember the thing from before. And it does that four times. And that's like the opening of like literally the opening yeah. of the game. The crazy it's, thing it's about a mobility that, tutorial. The crazy thing about that is at the end of that. So you've played as all four characters. They're like, okay, who would you like to play as? Yeah. And I <laughs> stared at that screen for like five minutes yeah. because none of them felt great to me. Yes. The best that I, in my opinion, is Harley, but just because Harley has Batman's grapple. Right. And it's pretty similar to Batman's grapple, except, oh man. It's all has to be on L1 and R1, all the mobility stuff, because R2 is always Shoot. shooting, right? Or or melee, depending. But but like it's it always has to be reserved for those. Um, so it just always feels a little icky. Yeah, I I ended up with King Shark, but like I just I, I but don't the think I've thing ever. Is you can choose on the like I thought I was choosing who I was going to play through the campaign as, right? Oh. So I took a little time really thinking about it. Once you're in the game, you could just press the D-pad and like switch at any time. In fact, it encourages you to switch characters between levels by making one character like boosted so they yeah. get more XP and better damage and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's one of the worst tutorial experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and yeah, I played very a lot. turned off by that. And what's baffling, and this is, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about like who is to blame for what happened with Suicide Squad. And this is where I think a lot of people have pointed the blame at WB as the like owner of Rocksteady who like forced the live service stuff down their throats. But when I play the tutorial of this game, to me, this says this game has been problematic from day one. Yeah. When they greenlit the like white box demo of the mobility stuff and it didn't feel good, someone needed to be like, pump the brakes. We need to figure this out. And no one did, uh, and they kept I, making I think the it's game worth, around that. I think it's worth noting if you don't, because the, the Arkham trilogy came out a while ago now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arkham Asylum came out in two thousand nine, Arkham City in twenty eleven, then Arkham Knight in twenty fifteen. So nine years ago. So there's probably quite a few people who didn't play those games and don't may not be able to truly appreciate the outrageous departure that Suicide Squad yeah. from the Justice League is from from those games. Where those were, I mean revolutionary sort of genre defining uh action exploration games yeah uh not quite search action games but i mean <laughs> they had certainly had elements of that and this is a this is a uh open world sort of a sort of frenetic third person shooter that is really really all about the guns which none of which are particularly how I mean they're dare all pretty you continue to lecture me about Suicide Squad. <laughs> you didn't play it. I played S some Suicide Squad. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, you said okay. Oh, I Griffin, didn't know that. You 100% said you weren't going to play it. I've been so offended by your participation in this conversation. Oh, no. No, I Okay, yeah. good. I the second time that I knew like, uh-oh, this is really bad. 
the the sort of main thing about the shoot, like the main point of the shooting, I, I think the crux it all kind of hangs on is you have a shield and it doesn't recharge automatically because Amanda Waller hates your freaking guts. Yeah, there's actually so a narrative beat where they, a narrative, they explain yeah. why it doesn't recharge. Uh, and so, because she hates you, it doesn't recharge. So you have to do like shield bashes basically on enemies. And the way you prepare them for that is you shoot them in the leg. <laughs> you know, that fun, <laughs> that fun video game thing. Everybody always talks about shooting people in the leg. Uh, so the Suicide Squad, you shoot people in the leg, and that feels like bad. It doesn't feel good. You know, I have a chain gun, and I'm aiming for the leg. And then they get down enough that you press R2, and it goes into kind of a not fluid uh, melee animation uh, that really pulls you out of it. And it doesn't flow into the next thing. It doesn't. Uh, it, it really stops you every single time you do it. And, and there's such a, an emphasis on, like, com combo, like, keeping your combo yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, And that is not aided by the fact that the momentum kind of keeps how, coming to a dead stop. How is the story? Because the, the, that was the thing that I, I was holding out hope for, that the writing would work. But I I... Also think making a funny video game is a, you know, a, a extreme degree of difficulty increase. Really fucking um, hard. Yeah, yeah, and making uh, a funny Suicide Squad thing mm. is tough. I'll give you an example from a writing standpoint. This is not the story, but this is just like a writing sample. In the first 15 minutes, there are literally two gentrification jokes in the first 15 minutes of the game. I, there are... I will say this, and it's very indicative of something that has been in development a long time. And I don't, I don't yeah. know anything about making video games, but I have written scripts before, and I it feels like there is every tenth line is a punch up, and that is actually a good gag that works. Like it, I, every yeah. every once in a while, there's one moment where uh, they're they're restraining. Um, I think it's Captain Boomerang, uh, and. Uh, uh, who is it? Green uh, Wonder Woman is is has him pinned to the ground with her boot, and Harley Quinn says from off camera, "Step on me next," <laughs> and it's like a good, it's a decent gag, it's a good gag. Uh, but I most think of it's so, I think there's some so yeah. rough. It goes, it tries, it does a lot of jokes. You can, I in terms yeah. of quantity, it's it is it yeah. is delivering a lot of jokes. I think that King Shark. Uh, played by Samoa Joe is a revelation. I I enjoyed a lot of stuff. Um, Shark uh, for me, game. that role belongs to Ron. I mean, yeah. I, I can't see anybody else in that. In I'm that sensitive to like Ron's like very uh, you know erudite King Shark doesn't yes. necessarily match most of the King Sharks that in are there in the DC universe. So I get why they didn't go that way, but it yes, does no. make me a little bummed. I th I think the storytelling stuff is the is and this is not saying a whole lot it is the strong point of the game for like it, i think this is a cool concept for a game basically brainiac has descended on uh metropolis and uh has has taken over uh the the justice league and so like hunting hunting them down and seeing them be bad guys is at the very least like kind of interesting maybe not the best use of uh, specifically Batman and Kevin Conroy in his final role. Uh, it wasn't as, actually. As the they found Man. out this week he's in like one more animated series. Oh, really? Yeah. Thank wow. God. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because uh, yeah, this one, I will say, does not send him off with a particularly... He's having fun, though. 
evil Batman. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's enjoyed himself. I'm yeah, glad he got to point. do it. Um, the 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 pro- the problem that I was having is that there is no establishment of these four characters as villains. And we know, like, canonically, right, that they're technically villains. But, like, Captain Boomerang, Deadshot, King Sharks, Harley Quinn, none of them are, like, they're all basically antiheroes at this point. So it doesn't feel that interesting to have these quote-unquote villains when most of them are, like, C-tier villains that nobody, you know, recognizes. So they're not established as villains. They're just kind of, like, antiheroes, basically. Yeah. And then... The way you are, the way you are treated throughout the entirety of the game. I talk to my wife about this sometimes, where she's telling me about a, a, a heated exchange that she had, right? And eventually, I'm like, "Hey, I'm picking up on the. I know you're not mad at me, but like, I feel like I feel like you're getting mad at me. This game, every line everyone says to you is so mean. <laughs> everyone hates your." guts and even when you do a good job they're like i guess i won't explode your fucking brain today stupid (laughs) and it's like okay that's cool this is the second time i've had to escort people to a bus in a row (laughs) can we all can you please help me out here like give me anything it's like there's another bus to stuff with people jerkwad uh it feels so bad all the time what do they do with the Justice League stuff? Because, yeah, I get that Brainiac, like, takes over their, their brains and makes them bad and stuff. But did they get chances to, like, be here? Are, are they, like, kind of fighting against that? So we First see introduction there? of them is, like, the first time you see Green Lantern, uh, Batman, and I think Superman, they've are, they're already evil. Like, there's no real establishment of them as as not Well, I guess that. the Flash, yeah, the Flash, you sort of, like, see more of a progression but the i i think the like stark moment and this happens very early is like you see evil batman and evil batman is basically like um chasing you throughout like a darkened warehouse that's uh-huh. actually the museum for batman ironically enough and batman fucking throws a batarang into the like carotid artery of a uh-huh. um guard and the guard is just dead and that's like Pretty fucking grim. <laughs> here's here's my concern, and hopefully this is not true. But m- why I really did not want to play this game is because it's called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. But every time I watched the trailer, it looked like it was Suicide Squad kills a bunch of characters who look like the Justice League, but we have no reason to believe they're the Justice League. Oh, no. Let me be clear. I'm not saying they're literally not Superman and Batman. I am saying that we spend so much time with them as just pure bad guys that they they're like inhuman. They're they're just like they're bizarro versions of the characters. I mean, but you I know you have a history their... with Superman. You have a history yeah, with Batman. I mean, you know these characters. To their credit though, I will say one of the first missions you go through is in the Hall of Justice mm-hmm. and you're actually going through like it's a museum that's open to the public now. And that's the the gimmick why there's like all these exhibits. But you do see a lot of like audio clips and video and pictures of them like being heroic. Like Got it. they give you sort of the tour on all of them. Uh, by the way, Justice League, uh, if you're looking for a place to invite a bunch of civilians to, um, one place I recommend is not the place where you guys all hang out all the time in the big <laughs> white building. But it's like I feel like it's not the safest thing to have your base 
at the same places here yeah. and have like kids I, get in hey, for free on Sundays. You uh, know? Have you ever gone to a tour at the White House? Okay. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I got it. That's fair. <laughs> no. Uh, I think the. <laughs> Wait, no way. No, no way. Yeah. Boring. The, Probably. Uh, okay, to, to Chris Plan's point about uh, who you're fighting and who you may be uh, killing, yeah. I do want to highlight that like 99% of who you're fighting are blue dudes. guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot your colorblind. There's some color of dudes. Okay, it's are purple. they not blue? Mostly yeah, pur- purple. purple. Okay, yeah. purple. They're purple guys in like various forms of crystals, and you fight those guys ten thousand million it's, billion it's all bajillion. You did. I mean, times. legitimately, you, you won't believe. It's just barely a game, and my heart goes out to him because this is a lot of time and a uh, lot of energy and a lot of love it's at so some depressing points, to sure. think of how many people spent their years working on this project so it depressing is to me just bare like i i'm i i am failing to come up with an example of a like this level of release that was this level of like barely barely a game i mean yeah. barely i I, uh, I feel bad especially for people who were there the whole time and then, like the the heads of the studio left, you know, like a year or so ago, and that'd be really tough. To like, we, we followed your your thing, this yeah, whole time. And no, now it's it is. You I, get a, I you get a piece, that, and we're still here. Like that, that's <laughs> hard. I think that there is a. I think there is a, a, a. I think there's an impression amongst folks who maybe possess a certain amount of disdain for games journalists that we like to, like, gleefully shit all over and bear bait uh the these types of of games that are a mess it bums me so so deeply out how there are parts of this game i mean this game required so much work that 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 went into it and there are certain elements of it that are like i think it looks great it looks uh, great not, yeah. not when you're fighting and there's a billion trillion things happening on screen at the same time it gets very very close that's very the other quickly, thing it like, might as well be a single player game you can almost never parse the other anything that's happening yeah. but like, like from a per, from a performance perspective both on the technical side and the like you know character performance side like it's great and there are lots of parts of this game that had a lot of love when it, that went into it and then also the structure of it is so fundamentally fucked up by this desire to make it be uh, a a third person action shooter games as service game which like you can say they peeled away a lot of those trappings but like when you've picked up your fourth boring ass rifle with yeah. like yeah. 0.01% like extra headshot damage and it's like it falls prey to every single thing that I do not like about about that whole genre in a, yeah. in a way that uh, yeah the thought of playing it at length to grind out and and get access to more of this game is just unthinkable. And, the, to me. and it, it and really is a bummer. To be really clear, those studio heads that left like a year or two ago, like to what Plant was sort of implying there, which is right, is like they led this charge to make this game. There's no way the game was that dramatically changed over the course of a year or two, given how big and how uh, expansive it was. So like this was their idea. And the fact that like people had to like finish out their idea, even if they were grumpy, if the studio heads were grumpy with WB or whatever it was, they agreed to do this and move forward with it. Um, and it's just a bummer. Like it is. Yeah. I think one of the best things, one of the things I enjoy the most about games, having played them my my whole life and having like a pretty deep understanding of just games in general, is like feeling the intent behind 
the game, feeling the like desire. This is the game that they wanted to make and this is how they did it. Cool. This game is like, it's impossible to do that too because it's it, it, it doesn't feel like, as you're playing, it doesn't feel like, ah, this is a game that a lot of people really wanted to make. It feels no. like it feels like eight games that nobody really wanted to make yeah. all of. It is it is I cannot there is no comparison to it as far as I can tell in in the whole of of games of just completely inscrutable design. It's decisions. really like can you all think of because there's like a lot of stuff that that is of a lower scale right budget wise um where you know it's not gonna it's not supposed to look great maybe they'll nail some stuff but like a game that has this level of like production value but with almost no like game underneath, <laughs> underneath of it yeah no, because the yeah, production yeah. value is nuts i i mean i think there is a mission where you have uh uh, uh you can only attack enemies with a car and it's like an ex- <sighs> a, a car that has a big rifle on it this and boy howdy <laughs> it is a blast yeah uh, there's yeah. A, and there's some genuinely great cutscenes the cutscene after you uh i don't want to spoil it on the off chance but the cutscene after you defeat green lantern is genuinely really delightful king shark gets a very good beat uh after after that battle uh and that like brought me a, a an amount of joy that i was not expecting from this game uh but but Jesus Christ, there was n- when my fingers were on the buttons, I was not having a great time. <sighs> yeah, want to talk about a game where it's fun to have the fingers on the buttons? Oh, I would yeah. love to yeah. talk about a fun yeah. finger button game. Let's do that on the other side. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties you go get a phone you just want a phone talk to your friends and family you're not asking so much then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech you know the contract may sound good uh, up front but there's always some sort of catch you know who's not going to do that to you not going to pull that nonsense mint mobile they're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay 
hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan or you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mint mobile for details okay y'all we're back okay it's yes. time to talk about grand blue fantasy reeling <laughs> for the first time ever you are looking to me and saying maybe i should have played that rpg maybe maybe this time i should have listened to plant Maybe maybe I made some. Bad I did. Choice. I do want to say just to take people behind the curtain. I did play an RPG this week, but it was the wrong one that we were going to be talking about. <laughs> we're going to talk about that one next. Week. It's not my fault. There's a hundred fucking RPGs coming out in the first two months of this year. So, do any of you know anything about Grand Blue Fantasy? I no. Don't even know. I know Grand Blue is a franchise, right? Yeah, it's a mobile yeah. franchise. You could tell me literally a plant. You could make it. My mind is a blank slate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's not saying. Get your palette and paint whatever. If this you game said Harley Quinn was in this one too, I would not be shocked. I mean, kind of. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is. It's a uh, long-running RPG fa- franchise, mostly known for a mobile game in Japan. It has um, the pedigree of former Final Fantasy people, so a score by Final Fantasy composer uh, Nobuo Uematsu. And some other artists from the the series, um, and this is like the big RPG to get people excited about. Wasn't it. there a fighting game too? There was. There there have been a few different spinoffs. Um, Blaze Blue. No. No. <laughs> no. Good guess. Oh, unrelated. But no. Good. Oh, but I really appreciate you trying to get a hand on the ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I got this one. Blaze Blue. Got blue in it. Andy hit the rim. Um, so here's, here's the problem for this game. And this is more of like a PSA for everybody listening. I did not fully appreciate that this is a sequel. And I assumed, hey, this game is pretty difficult to play the previous ones. So it'll try to pull in newcomers. When I say difficult to play, I mean, the, the game that this is a sequel to is a mobile game. That was released over a decade ago and effectively not released in the U.S. You can play it on a browser here, but like, come on, you're, that that's I don't not even think huge... you can play it. I don't, isn't it? I, I feel like it's been delisted. Like the original Grand Blue is not accessible. It's, like you can't play it. Yeah. It, it and yet when you start this game, they're like, "Hey, everybody's here. You know, Gran or Jita, either of the two characters you can play as, and how they're." tied cosmically to Lyria, the small, quiet, magical, and perpetually hungry anime girl character. You know them, right? Oh, and you know the band of buddies of which you are a sky captain for, and you've been going around for years just kind of hanging out, right? You're, so this you're, is be you know, like all jumping that, right? in, and this would be like playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, not having played Final Fantasy VII Remake. N- n- much worse. Because Rebirth, <laughs> okay. if you're going off of the demo that is now available, would suggest that that is an easier jumping on point. This is like playing a 60-hour RPG and coming in at the 50-hour mark. 
and just being like, everybody's here. We're all friends. We've all kind of gone through our character arcs. I hope you're ready to go. The other comparison is, have you ever gone to like a New Year's party with a bunch of people who are not your friends? Like one person invited you and they all like know each other and they don't really need to introduce themselves to you because that's not what they're there for. It feels a little bit like that. So you might be wondering, Plant, why did you say this is a good game? Didn't you say this was good? Why good? (laughs) It is good. It's good for two reasons. One, it's short. (laughs) It's so short. Like it's like twenty twenty hours, and it's just like ten really straightforward quests, and and you can uh, fight bosses and you beat it. Uh, But more importantly, the combat in this game is so good. It is so so good, and they know it is so so good, and they largely get the story out of the way to just let you have these battles and kind of like grind and increase your RPG character into oblivion. So the way the combat works is you kind of do the spamming. It's a, it is controllable action. It's not turn-based. Um, you spam these kind of generic attacks. And as you do that, you build up specials. And then there's a risk reward system of if you hold off on using a special, it gets more and more and more powerful. And you have yourself plus kind of three AI controlled characters, but you can switch out the characters. Um, so you could play as the main character who's kind of like a sword-based character that hops around and stabs. There's a ranger type of character. There's all sorts of variants. And the like just moment-to-moment feel of it feels great. And when I said like you, they get out of the way of you being able to actually spend more time in combat, there is a like moment very, very early on where you go into a village and they're like, hey, you know what? This story is probably confusing you. This person over here, they'll just give you a list of cool quests. You can pick anything you want, and we will just transport you directly into battle. We won't even make you do any of the, like the bullshit of like wandering around the world. We'll just let you go have a cool fight, and then you come back, and we'll give you all the rewards. Um, so it kind of like it shows its mobile gaming influence almost in that it's super bite sized. It's a mm. great Steam Deck RPG because you could really just kind of pick it up choose a cool quest, play for 10 or 15 minutes, and then call it a session, um, which which I like. Is this like the world's most ringing endorsement? No. But if you finish like a dragon, which some of us have, and you're waiting for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which all of us are, and you don't want to play you're not playing Persona, Persona 3 Reload. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, then have I got the RPG for you. It's called Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Wow. Um, I think it, I can I say I was watching some trailers for this game yesterday, and I does it does have some vibes that remind me a lot of Fantasy Star Online with the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is a wildly uh, not accurate uh, comparison, but that is really all. I, all I needed to see was a bunch of multiplayer action RPG shit happening, and I was like, I oh, tried to do multiplayer. Check it out. I had trouble getting it started, but I will say this as a, as a make good. Um, I found uh, the area where they try to catch you up on the story, which is at the same vendor as the quest. And the way it works is you click. It's like for each of your characters, there are 10 story beats. And you click it, and you're like, oh, this must be like a mission where I learn more about them. No, you click it, and it just loads up a still image, and then text scrolls over it and tries to just catch you up on their story. And it's like, who can forget when Lyria merged souls? Uh, And it does that for about two minutes. And at the end, you're none the wiser. But 
it gives you a big XP boost. As if to say, <laughs> we're sorry, like but this will make the it. game better. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know, man. No, uh, it, I, it looks great. It, it genuinely does look fun to play. I don't I really understand how the combat. Like, is there like one identifier of the combat that makes it stand out apart from being good? Well, it's of this kind of trend of action RPG combat. So you that are like is, moving around and like feel. It feels more active in that way. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that it it feels like what we've gotten from um, the Tales series lately and Final Fantasy VII, um, the remake, not Rebirth. Right. It feels like that, but it feels, I would say, more polished and coherent. I don't know. Those, I, I, I feel like um, game <laughs> developers have been kind of trying to figure out what that type of action RPG style, how that works best. And this feels like a, a noticeable step forward in terms of the feel of everything. That's cool. cool. Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to play this game. No, definitely not, not. I mean, yeah. I feel terrible for it because there's so much stuff out right now. Um, but I don't feel terrible for it because I think it's doing very well. Um, yeah. So good for all the people who are enjoying it. I, I have a lot of people who whose opinions on this stuff I trust, including yourself, Chris Plant, that, that are speak very highly of this game. And so I, I, I will probably check it out at some point. But it's it boy, it's tough out there. I mean, it's great out there. It's just it's bad out there for time. If you ha- if that is a concern. But just to put a pin on it, there's no relation to Blaz Blue at all. No, no, there's no. not. Okay. Um, and and, right. and I will watch a story explainer on YouTube and then probably find out that I love this game. Uh, but <laughs> I haven't hit that point yet. So <laughs> wild. Um, okay. Well, thank you, Chris Plant. Um, we have some reader mail to go over, which is exciting. Yeah, do you want me to open this up? Oh, yeah, crack it open. It up. Uh, this one is from no, we don't. Dirch <laughs> from Dirch. Dirch. Um, I thought that was the sound effect of the bag opening. I thought it said Dirch. Dirch. Made me so happy to hear Plant is loving Tekken 8. I finally took the plunge into fighting games for real during the pandemic, and it's since become my favorite genre by far. For anyone that's been vaguely interested in or curious about the genre, but have been, understandably, intimidated to do so, I highly recommend checking out the YouTube video, How to Get Started with Fighting Games and Have a Nice Time, by Polygon's very own Pat Gill. Couldn't yeah, be a better time a great to video. It is. He really it's did good. an amazing job on that video. Yeah. Uh, Frush, do you see anything else in the mailbag? Indeed, there are more letters in the mailbag. This one comes from Sirius Michael. Loving and shrouded, but I must say the multiplayer right now stinks. All quest progress is tied to the server, so if you're not online when others are doing a quest, you can be locked out of it. I think they're working on it being player-based instead. That being said, it's one of the most fun and interesting survival games I've played in a long time, and the building system is really well done. I, I, I pulled this uh, letter out specifically because I started playing and shrouded. First, I started playing it on Griffin's server. Griffin set up a server, and I arrived, and there was a fucking Las Vegas waiting for me, and chests <laughs> filled with like magical gems, and everyone was level nine, and I was level one, and I didn't have any powers, and I didn't have a glider or anything. And I was very overwhelmed. And I did what I would recommend everyone do, if you're interested in this game, is leave that populated server with all your buddies and start a totally blank solo server on your own and just like play through the arc of the game. The really cool thing about Entrouded is that your prog- your player progress carries over as does your inventory. So mm. if you hit level nine in your private server, you will be li- level nine when you bring that char- character over to any other server. 
And so all your skills, like if you unlock the double jump and stuff like that, you'll still have that, which is I've actually made a a private offline game um, because it, every time that I played it on Steam Deck, I would have to log into the server, which was kind of a pain in the ass uh, that you couldn't basically put this Steam Deck into sleep mode and then turn it back on and get back on because it's, you know, an online game. So I yeah. have a private one for like, you know, when I'm leveling and exploring this stuff. It, it, it there, there is some structural issues with Enshrouded, and this is one of them. And they are working on it. I think they actually just released an update that is trying to address some of this stuff. But like, that is the issue of having a game where your character is not bound to the server, which I think is ultimately the right decision. Right. Because it makes it feel more inviting and less like you're wasting your time if you're not like playing in the right place. But the fact that there are quests and you know, stories and unlockables, like that gets very confusing. There's a whole element to this game of like rescuing the NPCs uh, and then you can like place them down in your world and then they can like craft new shit for you. But like when you start on a new server, are those characters also unlocked there? Like that stuff is is not particularly uh, streamlined. But um, I was going to talk about Enshrouded in the honorable mentions because i've played a fuck ton of it and i think that game kicks ass yeah i i'm i'm really enjoying it we can we can wait until then because we have a i think one or two more uh letters from the mailbag uh this letter comes from randall williams every time i hear these grab bag episodes it's referencing last week's uh episode of all the indies we talked about various games we talked about i hope you guys would talk about the void reigns upon her heart whoa dope ass game it's a bullet hell, roguelike, boss rush, side-scrolling shmup, hundreds of unlockables, and bosses with multiple variations developed by one person released in 2018, but, but constantly updated. Might have missed because it has a... We might have missed it because it has a nudity tag on Steam, which is entirely non-sexual and can be censored smartly in the game options. Check it out. Uh, I've not heard of this game. That is a dope ass title. The game is again called good name. It, The it looks... Void Reigns Upon Her Heart. Sick title. Yeah, um, yeah I've never heard of it, but uh, that's that's really cool to hear. Looks very very cool. I am definitely downloading this immediately. Also, yeah, Steam maybe should have like a divider between like Whoopi Whoopi nudity and like art nudity. I guess, I guess there I guess there's no way to do that saying that out loud. There's there's <laughs> yeah. yeah, say that. I think Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I don't want Gabe Newell <laughs> with his mallet deciding what is it is pornography. <laughs> <laughs> He's juggling some knives and just seeing where they fall. I will say Steam is usually pretty upfront about what you can expect <laughs> when it comes to uh genuinely purient stuff in there. <laughs> um hey what all have y'all been uh, enjoying outside of uh, uh, the stuff that we talked about on this episode? Since we just talked about, it, we should talk about Enshrouded because Griffin, yeah. I know, is please, ch- yeah, champing at the bit for it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, the 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 you know, it is a survival crafting game with a sort of Soulsy aesthetic and action RPG mechanics. Uh, and yeah, I will uh, say this just on the basics of it. I've never played a survival game that feels as good to play as Entrouded does. Yes, it all is. All of it them is. have this like jank where you're punching yeah. trees and you every feel like time you're sliding you across like, the ground rather than actually walking through it. Yeah. And Entrouded feels like an actual, like it feels not far off. It's not as good, granted, but it doesn't feel that far off from like an Elden Ring, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, which um, is amazing. I I think that the combat is is great and I think it is what sets it apart. 
But I also think just the building is amazing. Yeah. You have like this suite of tools that is like largely sort of shape based. So it's like, you know, you drop a uh, foundation block down here and then, uh, I mean, it, the, the flexibility is almost like, uh, like Minecraft, like where you can just create basically any kind of building that you want, and it looks great. Like it looks very cool. It does not take very long for you to make a base of operations that like feels custom and looks great and provides all of these like very tangible benefits for your character. And like I love that shit in in this t- in this genre of games. Uh, the exploration is where I think it really shines because just getting around also feels really good. You have a glider that lets you zip around. Um, I have built like an elevated base on top of a mountain. And now whenever I like set off to go on an expedition or complete a mission or something like that, I have like a like almost an Assassin's Creed style like diving board that I go oh, off of and then awesome. I glide for like a couple of <laughs> minutes to get to wherever it is that I'm trying to go, uh, which is very, very cool. You have a grappling hook, all that, all that stuff. But there's so much stuff to find and unlock and uncover. And there's just constant quests that you're getting from the, the NPCs that you can unlock and put in your base. And those unlock more recipes and more things for you to include. So like, that Vegas that uh, that Russ described now has like a functioning like farming area, and uh, it, it has it has a uh, like a a guild hall where all of the NPCs do their their shit. Um, and I also know that like people were a little bit grumpy before launch when they found out that the world, the map itself, is like a set map, so it's not randomly generated when you create. Everyone basically has the same map. But I think the reason that it all feels so good for exploration is because of that, because it is handcrafted. So you have these like pacing beats that a randomly generated map will generally not have. Um, yeah. And I it mean, is even cool Valheim, to like... Is Valheim randomly generated or is it seeded? Yes, Valheim is randomly generated. Yeah, I, I, and like it, has, it, that has okay moments, but you'll never have the like, oh, this cave is like perfectly into the mountain and it's just this amazing yes. like deep delving experience. And there's also like, uh, I, it is very, very possible to go somewhere you're not supposed to go yet, yeah. which is I very much enjoy in any any type of game. And so like this base that I built is on top of this mountain called the Pillars of Creation, where the enemies are like five levels higher than I was supposed to be at. Uh, but I, I, damn it, I was like, I'm not quitting until I get to the top of this mountain and build a base on top of it, because it'd be a cool place to... And so I spent like, you know, one entire play session just like trekking across the map and... Uh, like mining into a mountain to make a tunnel that I could climb up and then building a staircase and then like just doing all of this shit and sneaking away from like big mean dragons uh, to get to where I wanted to go. And it was just like a really uh, satisfying, very like, uh, like improvisational sort of like world based storytelling thing that Mm -hmm. happened. Uh yeah, I I can't put this game down. I am I am wild about it. Uh, and it and, and I, it runs great on Steam Deck. Uh I got like yes. 2 hours of battery life on the Steam Deck and I was like, "Wow, that's impressive." Um yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the art style kind of scales really well even on a smaller screen with the settings dialed down. But I I think it is uh I it's, it's still in early access. I think there's a lot that can and should be done to yeah. the, to the game to improve it. Um, and I also, I, Russ and I were talking about this earlier. I would be shocked if this game does not get copied, like 
verbatim by a much bigger <laughs> and more like canny publisher or developer. It's surprising uh, just because the genre, obviously the genre is not new. So it's, and, and the genre has made a fuckload of money through various survival games. So it's surprising to me that there hasn't been quite the one-to-one. I guess Tears of the Kingdom gets a little bit close to some extent. I mean, yeah, Tears of, Tears of the Kingdom does something pretty wildly different. It also is not multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't but, have like the base building. Well, I kind of does. But, but I like, do see like a company like Ubisoft, like they already have the open world tech, just adding like layers of survivability in. Um, yeah. I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, I, I guess mean, Fallout it, it, tried to do it, Fallout 4, and it was a mess. <laughs> so this is a, th- this is a weird recommendation because, like, I think also if you hold off on Enshrouded and play it six months from now, it's going to be even, like, much, much better. Agreed, uh, yeah. And maybe they will have worked mm-hmm. out a lot of this, like, structural stuff. But um, I don't know, man. There's a time of year where there's lots of shit that is sort of competing for my time. But Enshrouded kind of continues to be the thing that I want to go back to and, and, and spend my time playing. Agreed. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, Justin, you want to talk about something that isn't Unshrouded, so please do. Uh, uh, sure. Well, I mean, I'll talk about anything. I, I'm happy to keep talking about Unshrouded. Uh, it sounds it sounds great. Um, I'm still, I'm almost done with Infinite Wealth. I'm in, like, the last sort of roam around I keep getting dispatches from Hawaii yeah. from Justin, and they yeah. are delightful to I've get. Left, I've left Hawaii. Griffin, hey, you finished listen, it? Here's, here's what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah I, I finished, finished it. it. Here's yeah. what I'm going to say. Uh, if this isn't the best game of the year, it's gonna be a real good year for games. Yeah, because <laughs> hey. it's fe- it's February and it is good. I'm currently like my most anticipated game currently is whatever the next one of these is because I <laughs> keep them coming, baby. It'll I be a while. It'll all this while. day. Uh, what? It'll be a while. They make like four games a year. It seems like. No, I guess until you start paying attention. I don't and then think. They stop. I don't think you yeah. would like the other ones. Quite honestly, I'm not, not sure. Not, I, I disagree. I might go back to this well again. You got to give another shot to that first like a dragon game, man. If not only just to find out more about Ichibanya uh, uh, Kasuga, and who the, is the, the I will game. say probably the best video game character of yes. like the last ten years, like easily. It's not even close. You guys, I will just say this. Go ahead and submit to um, playing a lot more of this game now, both of you <laughs> two, because you will have to both talk and hear about it relentlessly, especially towards the end of the year. This is great. I really want to do a spoiler episode for this game. Yeah, man, I'll do all, so, all, I, I'll do I think all the episodes you want. Yeah, there's it's, a lot to talk it's, about. It's fantastic. I just fun. wanted to quickly recommend uh, a movie uh, called Orion and the Dark. Uh, which I had never heard of before. We're just kind of cruising around Netflix looking for something to to watch. And uh, it is a kids, well, not kids, you know, it's a family animated comedy uh, written by Charlie Kaufman about anxiety. Um, it is basically about a, uh, a boy played by Jacob Tremblay, Ryan, who is afraid of the dark and he is the most afraid of the dark, basically of any kid on earth. And the, embodiment of dark basically a a personified version of dark uh takes him uh away to show him what he does in the world and why it's important and it becomes about like trying to um it's not a simple story about like he learns dark isn't such a bad guy and then he's no longer afraid of the dark it's uh, a lot more complex and a lot more satisfying than that um, and I really, really liked it. It's not, it's not a, a perfect thing. I mean, what is, but you can definitely feel where knowing what I know ab- about Charlie Kaufman's career, 
it definitely feels like there were some studio additions to this to this film. Uh, there is like embodiments of some other nighttime things, like uh, there's quiet and strange noises and sleep, and they're all like characters, a la Inside Out, uh, insomnia, like that kind of thing, and it feels a little tacked on. Uh, but overall, it's really it's really good. It's it's fairly dark. I will say, if you have little little kids, it's it's probably not a good fit for them. But uh, I I just thought it was great. Nice. Cool. Um, I wanted to talk about Casey Neistat's Apple Vision Pro video, which is on YouTube. You can watch it. Uh, I um, tried the Apple Vision Pro just at like a demo event thing. And I thought it was interesting. It certainly like when they showed like footage of like IMAX-esque footage, it was like the best IMAX experience I've ever had. It's also $3,500, which is kind of batshit from a pricing standpoint. But Casey's video has him wearing the headset for basically a full day in Manhattan. And I just found it fascinating. This is not a reason to buy it. I'm not saying like, oh, this video convinces you or anything like that. But just seeing like how it it really does feel in some ways like a glimpse into the future because I do believe this like kind of AR element will exist in the future where it's kind of just like implanted on your glasses. And I think he does a very good job showing how that technology will like slowly seep into your normal day-to-day life. And Dude, just, there's like, a shot. There's a shot in this thing where he's waiting on the subway (laughs) and he's watching a video and the world around him is darkened as he enjoys this video and this train starts barely into the station. And I'm like, wow, we are absolutely boned. Yeah. (laughs) The whole enterprise is suspect. Yeah. Uh, I think it rules, man. If this thing were 2,000, if this thing were $2,500 cheaper, I would definitely buy one. I like (laughs) If it was $3,000, me too. (laughs) I love dumb new tech, and this is like, I love seeing Apple make some genuinely wild shit for the first time in forever. Uh, The price point is just banana cake. To be clear, I think I'm... I think the thing's cool as hell. Like, I if I could get one for an affordable price, I would. I just think walking around in public with it really scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, he looked like Doc Brown from Back to the Future, like walking down the streets. It was like genuinely impressive that he. I, I would like to recommend in a similar vein, Rocco from Mega Sixty Four did an unboxing uh, of the Apple Vision Pro uh, while he was at a sushi restaurant, uh, and so it's just him unboxing it while like knocking food over and like things down on top of just like a bowl of rice. Like, oh shit, oh fuck, and all of the comments are people who just like don't get it like don't know about mega 64 and Rocco's sort of history just like what the fuck are you do why did you do this here why did you unbox this here it's hysterically funny um with the casey video i i will say i was really skeptical of that that it was going to be a like another casey prank um yeah but i was i was really happy with how much it is not that how it it kind of takes what apple is promising at face value which is like, this is a mobile portable augmented reality thing, which is cool. And also, yeah, I agree that I think this is the future. But now I feel like this is the future in 20 years. Um, and mm. th- it really hit When we've had life. enough time to save up $3,700 or <laughs> Yeah, like, just so far away from whatever future this is promising. Um, but it's a cool video. It's very cool. Um, hey, I got a one thing that I want to share. I want to pitch y'all on a game that we can talk about next week. It's called, I think pronounced Lisfanga. 
It is not, not a, a great dialogue. In this gonna one, need a spelling title. Lisfanga. It's well. Uh, what if I told you it was Lisfanga, the time shift warrior? Does that make it worse? That makes it better. Good. Better. Okay. Um. Well, I, not my favorite title, but here's the pitch. You remember that um, Lara Croft isometric game where it was co-op and you kind of like solve puzzles while fighting baddies? Tomb Raider Ghost? Lara Croft no. and the Guardian of Light, I think is what it was called. Oh, right, yeah. You had your buddy with you. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a great game. What if you <laughs> It's could on play... YouTube. You can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> what if you could play that co-op game with 10 people except for you are all 10 people? That is the pitch of this game. It is an okay. isometric puzzle-solving action game where mm. you play as clones of yourself. And basically, every time you enter a combat arena, there is a like finite amount of time, like, I don't know, 15 seconds. And as that time runs out, you, you're not going to be able to kill all the enemies in the arena during that time. So uh, you get as far as you can, boop, it resets, and now you've created a ghost that is going to go do everything that you just did. And the goal is to clear these arenas with the number of clones that you have on hand. And at first, that's as simple as like, yeah, just go kill the enemies. But as you go on, there there are puzzles that you need to be able to solve in that specific time. So maybe there's an enemy that can only be killed if you kill two of it at the exact same time. So you need two clones killing it. And it needs to happen at that nearly the exact same moment. So you know, okay, halfway through this run, I need to be at this spot so I can kill the other half of that enemy so that it actually dies. Um, it is so clever and so fun. I really wish it had a different title. Um, is it like Super Time Super Time Force? Was that the... I think, oh, shit, no, that Well, I, I, I think yeah, the best era. bet is we should all play it and then we can try to break it down in next week's episode. But I wanted to give I wanted to give people a taste of it because I think I think a lot of people should give this a try, but especially like our little squad. Cool. I think that does it. Um, Plant, you want to recap the games we talked about? Yes, I do. Um, we talked about Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. We talked about Grand Blue Fantasy Reeling. We uh, had recommendations for games like uh, uh, The Void Reigns Upon Her Heart. Uh, we also talked about Infinite Wealth, uh, the new game in the Like a Dragon series, uh, Enshrouded, Lisfanga, and uh, we recommended you check out uh, Orion in the Dark on Netflix, uh, the new Casey Neistat uh, Apple Vision Pro video, and we had a recommendation of Pat Gill's uh, video at Polygon about how to get into fighting games. And you can find all of that and more at besties.fan with helpful links. Cool. I wanted to thank cool. the following people for writing reviews for the Besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Jables48. We have This App Is Stupid. Fair. And we have Perker909. Thank you for writing reviews for the Besties on Apple Podcasts. And thank you to everyone else who has subscribed to the newsletter, which is great. And, and uh, we love to see it. And everyone else who supports the show in a variety of ways. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Next week... Griffin gets to talk about the RPG that he played this week. Yay! Which is Persona, Persona 3. 3. Yeah. The remake of Persona 3. And I guess we're also talking about Lisfanga, the time bandit or something. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Lisfanga the Which, time bandit. That's Lisfanga the time bandit. That's what it says in the box. <gasps> cool. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Besties. And be sure to join us again next week for the Besties. 
because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games?